Welcome back, everyone, to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on being single. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. I was a bit worried about recording this egg freezing episode because I have been flat as fuck and I didn't think I'd be able to get my energy up enough to do it. But I feel completely back to normal today. That's good. The most exciting thing that's happened all week for me, apart from you getting your big vagina energy back, is a (laughs) delivery from... do you not know how that sounds? Big vagina. That's like... Big vagina energy. I don't like big dick energy. I, I, I'm not saying that. I just don't think big big vagina energy does not sound the same. Ah. Uh, do you get I it? To say to that. Do you get it? I do. I do. Oh. Linda tries to be young and hip and fails miserably. It's not young and hip. I don't think we should say BDE. Okay, BVE. We're women. Okay. So the most exciting thing that's happened to me all week apart from that was my delivery from Kmart today and this enormous box arrived because you'll be happy to know I have ordered a selfie ring light. No, you haven't. I have. You did it. (laughs) It's so big. I wanted a desk one. It's huge. And (gasps) the reason that tipped me over after, you know, a year and a half of lockdown when I really could have used it with my (laughs) Zooms with friends is that when we recorded with Joanna, my phone was at a very unflattering angle and I just can't secure it. So I had it up against books. Uh, And then I thought, I really need some better lighting as well. So this thing has turned up with a million bits. I know you've got one. I don't know how it came. And I meant to put it together myself. Well, you would need a degree to follow the instructions. And it's come with a massive silver reflector. What am I meant to do with that? I'll have to come up and set it up for you. Thank you. I And, and by the way, none of us believe that the reason you bought it was for your friend's Zoom calls. You did it for videos and content. <laughs> well, you- you liar. You made me do a video of myself, which is up on stories. My purple eyeshadow looks an absolute fright. So uh, hoping to do better. Better. Yeah. It's never too late to enter the content game is all I can say. <laughs> so next time I'll be looking fab with a ring light. And do you hold up the silver reflector inside? What's that for? I've never used it. Let's do this offline. <laughs> Let's not bore the listeners with you. Yeah. You know, we have enough of your tech issues on this podcast. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, Linda has been joining the, like she joined Joanna. We did a Zoom call and she joined the Zoom call. Her headphones weren't connected to her phone. So she had the headphones in. Our voices were coming out of the phone and then my voice and Joanna's voices were being picked up on her microphone. Just stop one minute. This stupid phone is ringing in the background. Just hang on and I'll... Sorry, who has a landline? It's not 1980. <laughs> hang on. How do I stop it? I haven't heard the ringtone of a landline in a million I've, years. I've, I've disconnected the landline. So getting into some questions for you. Well, let's start what? with introducing what the episode's about. So today... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you try to take control? Like, just let me <laughs> run it. Oh my God. So we did an episode, it would have been a month or two ago, it was called My Egg Freezing Journey Part 1. And basically that was an interview with Dr. Raylia Lu. She is a fertility specialist and an OBGYN and she's 
she's from Women's Health Melbourne and Women's Health Melbourne actually sponsored my egg freezing journey so that I could create all of this content and get all of the information and the education out to anyone that is considering getting their eggs frozen. I feel like for me, one of the reasons I wanted to do all this content was because sometimes I find this content is done in like a really serious way and it makes it look kind of like like I feel that this kind of content around your fertility and and being alone and wanting to freeze your eggs because you haven't met someone yet can be a bit depresso and I wanted to make it a bit more fun. So that's sort of the reason why. I certainly did that. Yeah, so I did an IGTV video which I just posted and I was like, you know, let's just make it a little bit more lighthearted and yes, it was hard but also I can look back on it and laugh because it was – Some of it was quite comical. Anyway, I want to take everyone through like a blow by blow exactly what happened from day one onwards. The first episode was more from a medical perspective, what will happen. This is much more from like a patient perspective, um, what you can expect to go through. So mum has a list of questions for me and I am going to answer them. So we'll start with number one. Why did you want to get your eggs frozen? Now, you've been talking about it for years now and I just thought it had gone out the window and then it was back. So I think the biggest reason, I did say this on Instagram, was I'm 32, haven't met someone yet and I think I do want kids. Like I'm probably 90% sure at least I want one kid I don't feel ready and I think one of the reasons I don't feel ready is also because I haven't met someone and I haven't like, you know, quote unquote settled down. Mm. I don't know, maybe I'll never feel ready to quote unquote settle down, but I, I guess you get to an age where you're like, I'm not ready and I don't feel ready to have kids, but like I probably want them. Mm. And before going into this, I actually didn't even know what my fertility was like. You know, you hear stories and people that decide to freeze their eggs and they're like over 35 or they're, you know, even younger than that and they only get a few eggs and so they have to do it two or three times. There was a lot of, I think, fear around it and I just was like, what if I've got no eggs? I don't have a heavy Mm. period. So I was like, what if I... I'm not fertile. Anyway, it turns out that's the opposite of um, very fertile, which was also a relief to find out, to be honest with you. Like I was like, oh, For nothing else, it was good to know. I actually would really recommend just getting the AMH test and then possibly getting an ultrasound just to like have a look at what's going on because I had no idea. Is that just a... Is that a blood test? Blood test. So you can get a blood. The first thing you can do is get a blood test. Go to your GP. It's called the AMH test. Raylia talked about it in the first episode. Go back and listen to what she says about it. That test and then get an ultrasound and then they have a look at your follicles and your ovaries. Those two things, yeah, that really helped just to know. So I guess I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So let's (laughs) take us through the process from day one and how long it took to when you actually got the eggs frozen. Yeah. So basically you start, like for anyone listening, like it starts with a GP appointment to chat to your GP and they'll refer you to a specialist. 
I basically went through a couple of months because you have to align this with your period. That's what's really hard about like, I mean, in lockdown, it's easy because you've got nothing going on. But I had the podcast festival on. I was going to New Zealand. So I actually had like between my first appointment with Raylia until when I actually got my first injection was like three months because you have to make sure that for three weeks. Three weeks off almost. You can still work. Like you can still go to work and do stuff. You probably could do an event or whatever, but I didn't really want to do the podcast festival. You definitely can't, I don't think, travel because you're having appointments. Yeah. So day one, if you, you get your period and then the day of your first period, you give the nurse a call. Day two or three, you go in for your first injection. I think I went on day three. So you get your first injection. It's a follicle stimulating hormone that they give you. Mum and I drove in and got that done by the nurse. And that's it for like the first few days. Then day Mm. five, you go in and get a scan. So Raylia had a look at my follicles and she actually counted them and measured the size. I had a lot of follicles. I had like over 40 follicles. Mum, you were sitting there. You were like Mm. listening to her count them. (laughs) So... A follicle, if you don't know, it's a small sack of fluid in the ovaries and that contains a developing egg. So you might have like if you have 20 follicles on each side, that's a potential for 40 eggs. But not necessarily. They mightn't all have eggs. No, they might not all have they might not yeah. all have eggs. And basically what happens at your period, I didn't even really know a lot about all of this, but your body only gets ready to release one egg. I didn't realize you had all these other eggs competing as well. And then the rest of the eggs die. So is that the best egg wins? Yeah. So just one matures. But what happens in egg freezing is they get all of them ready to mature. Mm. So like that follicle stimulating hormone that you get gets them all ready to ripen. So that was day five. And then basically on day five, we went to see the nurse and the nurse teaches you how to self-inject. I was most worried about the self-injections. They were nothing compared to the hormones. Like I thought I had to be scared of the injections. It's really the hormones is that that's the hardest part of egg freezing, not the injections. So I wonder if if I was on my own, I could not, literally could not give myself an injection. I genuinely think that you'd be fine. Anyone listening that's worried about the injections, the first one, yes, it's like a, it's a the concept of it is a little bit hard mm, to get over. But they're tiny. They're pretty small. Literally, the first one I did, I put an ice block on my stomach and you do not feel it go in. Like you don't even feel it go in because you're all numb. I was injecting myself every day in the stomach and you choose a different spot. Do you remember I showed dad? He's like, oh, you don't look very good at it because I had bruises. (laughs) Like, like, you know, when you get Botox, sometimes you get like a bruise. Like that's what my stomach looked like. Looks like I had Botox all over my stomach. Yeah. It was a mass of bruises. Yeah. I think, yeah, you you were kind of almost stabbing yourself by the looks of it. (laughs) Well, you just want to get it over and done with. So then day eight, you're um, injecting yourself every day. Day eight, I went back for the scan too. And on that day, Rayleigh was like, she counts them, measures the size of the follicles. And then she said, I'd be ready for Friday. Day 10, you do two trigger shots. Those trigger shots get you ready to um, release the egg. So like you're ovulating. So you get a call in the afternoon and then they let you know, okay, this is the time that you will take your two trigger injections. So I did the two trigger injections at 11.20 p.m. 
nothing happens on day 11. And then day 12, mum, you dropped me off at the hospital. You couldn't come in with me because of COVID. No, but because you were so bleh, I was really excited to drop you off and hoping that when I picked you up, you'd be more lively. Um, well, let's get on to that. Day 12, I went in and I got it done. You're only there for a couple of hours. You get dropped off. You don't even lie in a bed. You just sit in a chair and then you walk into the oh, theatre. Yeah, really? they just, you sit in a big purple chair and they're like, we're ready for you. And then you basically go into um, the operating theatre and then you literally, you get up on the bed yourself. Like they don't mm. wheel you around. You mm. lie down, they put oxygen over your face, take your mask off, and then they put an injection in your hand. And I didn't even get to count down. I was gone. Out. Like, out, like a, like completely out. And so that goes on for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then basically, I mean, you don't know what's going on. The next minute you're awake. Do you know what I hate about getting anesthetic? It like yes. it, that's what death's going to be like. Like it really freaks me out. I know me that's out. exactly. I yeah. I have had a gastroscopy. It's I just nothingness. Right. I'd had that the day or two before, and I just was in fear that you won't wake up again. I hate that's going it, under. Cause it, yes, because it's literally like no time passes. It's mm, not like sleeping. Right. It's like no time passes in between. Forced to sleep. Yes. So I woke up and there was a male nurse. I didn't really, wasn't really paying attention. And, and he just was like, you know, are you okay? And I don't know where this came from because there's no one, I'm not even dating anyone. But I was like, I can't stop thinking about this guy. Ooh, you don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. Don't know who I, I just all of a sudden came out with it. I must have had subconscious or it was all the guys. I don't know. And he was like, oh, Okay. I don't know what else I said, but I was so embarrassed. Usually you'd say stuff and, I mean, God knows what we say when we're being put under, but they never tell you, but you've remembered, obviously. I've remembered what I said when I Mm. came out of it. It was so embarrassing. And then I was like, can you get me my phone? Lucky I didn't call anyone or text any guys because I literally, I was so out of it that I probably would have done something crazy. So, So hang on, you were under, you say, for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fast, isn't it? Yeah. And then, so basically what they do is they put a needle up your vagina, so up your vagina, and um, they suction out the fluid and that's how they get the egg. Right. If you go back to the first episode, Raylia goes through that process in more medical detail. But yeah, so basically I had over 40 follicles and I ended up getting 30 eggs retrieved. Is that a great result what's the norm that's a really yeah no that's I'm particularly I think quite fertile at this point in my life also I think it depends on your age and there's like all different reasons so it's not an indicator for how many you're gonna get that's why it's really important to go chat to a specialist about Mm. you know like whether or not it's right for you but I was very yeah I, I had a lot of follicles and got 30 eggs and then 28 were frozen from the 30 that were retrieved. The other thing that I thought was really interesting just in terms of collection, so the thing is that this is something that I didn't realise but a lot of like you hear people that have had their eggs frozen, they have to do like two or three cycles. So the reason I guess I'm happy that I've done it earlier is because done and dusted. Well, no, it's not about that. It's about the number of eggs that you get. 
There's a graph that Raylia showed me. If you type in Goldman egg freezing, that's what I've just searched. It's the first photo that comes up. This graph shows live birth predictions by age and the number of mature eggs that are retrieved. That's what the graph shows. So each curve shows the percent likelihood that a patient of a given age will have at least one live birth based on the number of eggs retrieved and frozen. If I have a look at this graph and I look at me, say I've got 30 yeah, and my age is thir- under 30, no, under 35, so that's the ah. red line. So it's over 95% when I use this graph, there's over 95% probability of having at least one live birth mm. from wow, those good. frozen eggs. So this graph's really interesting. So let's do as an example, if I waited until, let's say, 36. So let's say I got, you know, 10 eggs at 36. Like this Mm. is just an example. So that is a, let me have a quick look, 60, it's like a six, between 60 and 65%. Mm, Big difference. I would go and have a look at this graph because it's so interesting to see the different ages, the number of eggs that you get, and then the probability of that resulting in a live birth. That's whenever you decide to use those eggs. So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Say you decided at 35 or 36 to have a baby, however you want to do that, would you use, if you were fertile still, would you, do you think you'll go back and use a frozen egg? I would only use it if I had to. Yeah. Oh, as in, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Age of eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically the age of your eggs does matter. I would probably go and speak to a fertility specialist at that Mm. time. I think under four, like I would say. If you're 40, you'd use your frozen eggs for sure. Possibly, yeah. But you Mm. do have to go through IVF, remember, with the eggs. Right. The other option is that you might have, like say if I had one and I only really would want one at this stage in my late 30s, let's just as an example, but then I decided I wanted a sibling and I was 42, you know, like then Mm. I could use those. Yeah. 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 Now the only thing is that it does cost $500 a year to keep them frozen. That's another. And does it cost more for more eggs or it's the same cost? It's the same. From my understanding, it's the same cost. Mm. Okay. They're microscopic. I don't know that they take up. Okay. Take up. I was thinking, boy. (laughs) And it's got 30 test tubes. (laughs) That's what I thought. 30 eggs and 30 test tubes are going to cost you a fortune. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know, actually. So for you, what was the hardest part of all of this? Uh, The hormones were like, I I thought something had happened in my brain and this was it. I was like going to be like this forever. I I was researching all the side effects. I basically had every side effect, I would say, sore boobs, the the bloating, distended stomach, the moods. I was exhausted, like so Very tired. exhausted. The cravings for carbs and chocolate was insane. Like I, it was like I had a bottomless hunger. Your stories today, you ate, I mean, I could easily eat a loaf of bread. I totally <laughs> understand that, but. But that was on top of all the other food. Like in one day, Mm. I reckon I had mac and cheese, me goreng, a loaf of bread. I kept buying garlic bread and just chucking 
big like whole things of garlic bread Uh and just gobbling it up and it wouldn't make me it wouldn't satiate my hunger for carbs which is funny because as soon as it ended I'm just back to eating smoothies and soups and veggies and all the stuff that I like to eat so that was not thinking about it yeah and I felt the biggest thing was like my mood was very low I had a pretty low mood I just wasn't wasn't myself like I really Mm. wasn't my you know, tell the people, like you saw me from from the outside. Well, you'd sort of lost your mind, really. You lost your um, <laughs> mojo. Mojo, totally gone. Yeah. And so today you got your period. So how yesterday. do you feel? Yesterday, how do you yeah. feel? I am just back to normal. I just feel back to normal. So all up, today is day 18 I would say that I've probably experienced it was probably two weeks that my hormones have been out of out of sorts and that's me though like I think everyone has a different reaction. Mm. I've heard of people that don't have these side effects and then other people that get super tired. I think every single person's different. I obviously got 28 eggs frozen but on the same token like I've had a pretty rough two weeks. So what happens now? What's What are the next steps? So next steps is nothing. They just go on ice and I go to Thailand next year. That's, <laughs> that's next steps. So final question for you, Hannah. What yes. would you recommend for someone that is where you were a few years ago? If you're like single or if you're not single and you're just not sure about kids, I think I started thinking about it at my 30th birthday and – I just really was like, I'm not ready in like the next five years to have kids. Mm. I really, uh, kids change your life and it's not going back to the same. Like it's never going back. It's it's not like getting a pet or a plant and I kill every plant that I buy, (laughs) haven't I? Please don't get a pet. (laughs) For me, it's like once you have a kid, your life fully changes, right? You would know you've had three. Yeah, it does. And it never stops. Yeah, it never stops. You've been doing it for 33 years, Linda. Yes, I've had nearly 33 (laughs) years of children and as joyous and fabulous (laughs) as it is, it can also be quite stressful still. Yes. And I don't think that ever stops. I think like I would like to put it off. And do you know what? It's not even that I want to put it off. It's also the fact that I haven't met anyone to do it with. Maybe I would feel differently if I met someone and we were both in the same place, you know, like it would be a completely different story. So I think the first thing that I felt was like a bit of, and mum, you're to blame actually, sorry, but I first asked, told you and dad about it and you were like, you don't need to do that. What are you talking about? I didn't, yeah, no, I I thought it was. There was a lot of judgment from my parents and if you can't talk to your parents about it, well, who can you talk to about it? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't blame you, but anyway, I forged on. So I think that there's the self-judgment and a little bit of like maybe loneliness around it. Like those two weeks have been been really hard for me. I know it was all fun and games on the IGTV, but I was also like, why haven't I met someone yet? But then also now that I'm out of that, I'm like, I get to go to Thailand next year and fuck around for a few months on my own and like I don't have to worry about any anyone else. There's the pros and the cons. Yeah. If you're at the stage that I was at, I would actually just start with the GP and to even just get the fertility check-in. Mm. I just think that is such 
like it's almost been a weight off my shoulders as well. Yes. I was putting it off because I was like, I don't want to know. We all go through that in our minds. Yeah, what if we can't? Yeah, but I really am so glad that I knew. And even if I didn't have a lot of eggs or whatever, at least I knew and there's like other options that I can start thinking about. Yeah. So It's given you the security and you can move on and forget about it. Yeah, and the only thing I'll say is like it's definitely it is an investment and it's something that you most likely have to save up for and I really appreciate that, which I had saved up for it, but then this opportunity came along. But um, I think that... For me, it was it was something that I really wanted to invest in as someone that's single in their 30s who's also just been through two years of a pandemic. Like it just felt like yeah, that was the right time. We've all lost two years. Let's hope it's only two. It's going to be two years of, of yeah. life lost. So for me, the first step was just the fertility stuff. Like where am I at? And then assessing options like after I've got an idea of, of that. But they do say the younger the better. Like if mm. you can do it at if you can do it at twenty nine, like that's better than even thirty two. But yeah, the younger the better. Mm. I think um, most of what I've read is like early thirties is a good time to do it. So yeah, the only thing that really surprised me is now that I've done it is I've gotten a lot of messages from people on Instagram that have done it as well. It's just like been nice to see how many people have actually done their egg freezing and I've had like a real mixed bag of people that have had really bad side effects like me and some that have had not bad at all so every experience is going to be really different so lastly Hannah yes why did you choose to partner with Women's Health Melbourne and Dr Raylia Luke yeah so I had actually already interviewed Raylia on BDIQ as I've mentioned I just felt she was so knowledgeable and then I kind of went into a bit more of her background as well. And that, so one of the reasons we had her on Beauty IQ is like how qualified she is. Because remember we went into her office. I've seen her wall. She, she I, really puts it makes me feel some bad people about like me to shame. Would <laughs> not be more certificates. So she basically got her like medical degree from Monash with honours. She then did a specialty training as a gynecologist and an obstetrician at the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. She then did a Masters of Medicine in Reproductive Health Science and Human Genetics at the University of Sydney. And then, wait for it, she did a PhD. I'm just like... Whilst having her own children as well. She's very devoted. Like she has kids as well as doing all these degrees. How do you do it all? I literally don't know. I was in awe. I know. And I was in awe of her hair as well. Yes, she does have great natural curly <laughs> she hair. She has great curly hair. <laughs> so you remember when I was like thinking about being a doctor, I think when I like hear someone and how much they have to dedicate to mm, the specialty. So many years. Uh, I don't know how they do it. It's like I'm really in awe of someone that can do that. But she undertook the, it's called the RANZCOG. So that's the Royal Australia and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. So they have a certification in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. So that's C-R-E-I. It's a specialized training that you can undertake as a gynecologist and an obstetrician. Mm. So actually fewer than 2% of Australian obstetrician and gynecologists hold a CREI, that training. And so that actually represents the highest level of Australasian postgraduate training in IVF. <laughs> that is a mouthful. 
<laughs> yeah. So the CREI takes an additional three years of study. That percentage actually, it's fewer than 80 doctors across Australia and New Zealand mm, have wow. that qualification. It's basically the highest qualification possible for a fertility specialist. So basically, I felt that when I had started like thinking about the process, yeah, I thought that that person has really dedicated their whole career to this kind of one subspecialty and has done all the necessary training. Mm. So that was why I started chatting to Raylia in the first place and why I wanted to partner with Raylia. I mean, she also has a podcast, so she gets podcasting. Women's Health Melbourne, they've got a really personalized approach. So like each patient will have a treatment that is really unique to them. I guess what works for one person might not work for another person, Mm. which is also why I wanted to say that I guess my response to the hormones and the fact that I had so many follicles, like my response to egg freezing is going to be really different to someone else. I've heard people that have not had the side effects that I had. Mm. And so basically, while my response to the medications was quite difficult, the team at Women's Health Melbourne, they go to a lot of effort to make each patient's experience as smooth as possible. And they actually have nurses available to call and check in regularly. And I actually had that. So after the treatment, a nurse called me every single day. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So because my response, because I sort of had so many eggs, but Rayleigh also did say like with the medications, it's so personalized and that's why it can cost, like the cost is different from each person because each person gets like their own medication suitable for what they need. And she basically went through here are all the medications I'm going to prescribe for you specifically. Which is just for you, yes. Which is just for me. And that's why each person's going to have a completely different response. She actually did say, Mm. like, they can push you even further. Like, they can push your ovaries further. But I think for me it was like, think about it. Like, I actually think my ovaries were pushed. It was enough. That was enough. (laughs) My ovaries did the job. And I saw her the other day for my final appointment And so she showed me this graph. I don't think I've told you this, mum. You didn't come to that appointment because I was- No, the only one I missed. Yeah, because I was back to normal by that time. (laughs) So I think what she did on that graph is I have a- So I got almost got 30 eggs and my eggs were under the age of 36. And she said I had like it's an over 95% chance that those eggs will result in a live birth. Mm. So yeah, so I think that my ovaries were pushed just the right amount. Yeah. The other thing with the clinic, so I spent a lot of time there. I find it's really discreet and it's a really like calm environment. Did you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Very calm and it had a fire. Yeah. It had some lollies. Yeah, and it didn't really feel like a doctor's clinic and it kind of didn't feel like this big scary experience. like someone's lounge room. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was that Dr. Raylia and Women's Health Melbourne, they use the lab at Melbourne IVF and they are a global leader in reproductive technologies. Yeah. So I think that when making the decision, I took into consideration all of those kind of facts about the clinic, about the day hospital and the fact that they use Melbourne IVF and then also the fact that Raylia is so qualified. The other thing that I did want to say really quickly was... Off the back of the video that I posted, I guess people have been, people really want to know about the pricing. And I guess for me, I had no idea how involved it was. So you have multiple appointments with this highly trained 
specialist doctor. There's a lot of medication. There's the day surgery. There's the daily calls with the nurse. I think I have a better understanding now of why it does cost more. The detail, yeah. You just have so, you have a lot of appointments and you have a lot of medication and then you also actually have the surgery done and then the eggs. Mm. And then actually in the surgery, there's like there's a scientist, there's the fertility specialist, there's an anaesthetist. Like, yes. It's quite an involved process from that perspective and and it is like a two-week. It's not like it's just one thing that happens that you just go into the hospital and get one thing done. It's actually a – it is a whole process. Yeah, it's a long process. Yeah. But the other thing that I did want to say was that there is just so much information and there's so much detail to get across. And so if you're like, oh, I've had a lot of people like, oh, just not sure, not sure where I'm at, not sure about the fertility testing, you know, do I want to spend this much? So actually, Dr. Raylia has a podcast. It is called Knocked Up and there's actually episodes, like there's a whole episode on the AMH test. I'm actually going to be a guest on Knocked Up, her podcast, Ah. talking about my experience. Hopefully Knocked Up one day. (laughs) Just to give you an idea of the kinds of topics that they talk about on Knocked Up with Dr. Rayleigh Alou, like polycystic ovary syndrome, high-risk pregnancy, menopause. Um, (laughs) Too late for me. I'm over it. You should have told me about this a lot earlier. And then there's like all about the egg So just like just an episode about the egg, advice for new moms. They've got like AMH, the fertility test. So that one was on the 28th of Feb 2021. So I'd highly recommend people listen to that if they're interested in understanding what that test actually does. They've got the egg freezing decision-making process. So I just think there's like such a wealth of information on there and also because I'll be on there. So a little shout out. So Hannah, that's it. So that's it. Have you noticed how back to normal I am? Yes. I am well and truly back to being myself. It wasn't lockdown, but I'm glad that I'm back to being myself. And there's also definitely a big sense of relief now that I have that resource waiting for me if and when I need it. Waiting on ice. Yeah. And on that note, we will be back in two two weeks. weeks. See you then. See you then. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.